What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Hey there, Big MX listeners, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by FMF as well as the Fast House. And you guys know that we love the collective experience with Dave Drakes. Of course, he always gets you closer than anybody to the sport of motocross and supercross. So this episode is about Travis Perry. Travis Perry is one of the most professional um, individuals within the sport of motocross, uh, as far as uh, working on bikes, conducting himself uh, a certain way in uh, the realm of just being at the races and whether he's at the track, test track, you name it, um, the the guy just conducts himself in such a way that it really kind of set the st- sets the standard for how other mechanics want to uh, conduct themselves. And uh, I think that he's a great role model for a lot of young. Uh, people who want to get into the sport of motocross, uh, he's uh, like he's done the, the the mechanic side of things. I think he might go back to that at some point, maybe as uh, if he wants to uh, say take a, a Mike Williamson style role with uh, Factory Kawasaki. But um, we'll talk a little, talk to him a little bit about his days uh, wrenching and a little bit about what's next for Travis Perry. And uh, yeah, this is a really exciting podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys have any requests whatsoever, hit me up in the DMs on Instagram. Brad Gebhardt 88 is where to follow me on Instagram. I'm on there every day. I check every single DM uh, direct message. And I do the same thing with Facebook as well as uh, you can always email me, bradgebhardt at gmail.com or bradgebhardt88, sorry, at gmail.com. Check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for listening to all these podcasts, guys. We're trying to get them out as soon as we can. Uh, this week, we're a little bit slow getting things up just with the editing process and whatnot. But uh, hopefully, you guys will enjoy these podcasts as they're coming out in rapid succession. And uh, you're, you guys are just getting your fill because uh, it's a little bit lean this week on podcasts as far as motocross goes. So hopefully, this can help fill the void. Um, I want to tell you guys about the uh, brand new gear line from Fast House. Fast House has a brand new set, of, uh, brand new sets of gear coming out. Brand new jerseys, brand new pants, and you know you guys have heard me on the podcast. If you've been listening before, you know that uh, if you buy one set of pants from Fast House and uh, and and five jerseys, now you have five sets of gear. Um, and heck, if you uh, buy two pairs of pants and five jerseys, now you got 10 sets a year because you can mix and you can match, uh, and, uh, you can always switch up your style with fast house and there's, they're always the most stylish gear, honestly, uh, that you can tell by the way, other gear brands try to, uh, emulate their style. Uh, they're absolutely timeless, uh, as far as their styling and uh, also at the same time, eye catching and totally in your face. So, um, check those guys out. The fast house. Uh, is where you can check out their whole catalog, 2019 stuff. They've got uh, great deals on 2018 stuff, which is always good as well. And uh, keep an eye out for a, a day in the dirt, a day in the dirt, uh, 21 coming up in just two weeks' time. So check that out. Uh, but thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, it's uh, a pleasure to have Travis on, and we'll probably have him on again in the future. Uh, like I said, if you have any requests, just say so. Let me know. Direct message me. Enjoy this podcast. Thanks for listening. 
Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House, as well as, of course, the Collective Experience. Go to thecollectivex.com to learn more. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, a very special guest, one of the top techs when it comes to a green machine on the, the face of this beautiful green earth of ours, Travis Perry. How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Hey, not doing too bad. It's Friday. Uh, we're, we're rolling into a brand new month. And uh, to have somebody on who has uh, worked with uh, the, the, some, of the, some of the top guys in the sport uh, and obviously on one of the uh, most prolific teams of the last 30 years or so, uh, of course, Factory Kawasaki, uh, where you, you, were, uh, you were last year, uh, is a treat for me. Uh, getting to see you at the track uh, is unfortunately something I won't get to do as much of uh, this year, but uh, it's always a thrill to see you doing your thing because you do it in such a professional manner, but at the same time, you're very passionate about what you do, and that's extremely evident in just the way you carry yourself at the races. So uh, uh, you're a professional who also uh, like looks like he enjoys his job. So that, that's been a really pleasure of mine to see you over the last few years uh, wrenching for JG. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been an awesome ride. It's a dream come true for sure. I never uh, would have thought that this would be my career as a kid, you know. So it's it's pretty awesome. That it is, and uh, and you do quite well. Uh, before we get into what you're doing now and uh, working with the great Josh Grant for the last, uh, I believe it was two seasons uh, with the 33 machine, yep. uh, maybe a little bit more. Um, but uh, two years. Yeah, so uh, let's let's dial the clocks back though. Like to to get a, a job within the industry, you first have to be uh, super passionate about dirt bikes, racing them, riding them, uh, obsessing about them. Where does that story start for you? Uh, and uh, and and kind of how did you come along with all that? Yeah, it's it's a pretty crazy story, really. Um, I never, I didn't really get into racing until I was around 12, but even when I was younger than that, I always remember like going to the school library and like getting the trans worlds and racer X and just going through and like looking at all of them. And it's, I've always been into dirt bikes and motocross, even without even owning one or racing or anything. And then I was like 12, I think when I got my first bike and then kind of started racing when I was like 14 and then raced until I was about 20. So, um, it's always been a, a big passion. And then, uh, did the whole college thing, two years of college and just wasn't really into the whole schooling thing. And, um, kind of lucked into knowing a guy who was from my hometown pretty much, uh, who was on that J uh, J star JDR KTM team. Right. And, uh, when it shut down, he came back home for the summer and uh so i was just talking to him and um about how he kind of got into the whole thing and it was something i kind of wanted to do and uh he just told me to go to mmi and and see what i can do from there so i enrolled in mmi and um doubled all my classes and i got out of there in nine months i believe it, it was and uh he got a job at rch and he was um Hills mechanic for a while, Tedesco, uh, Tickle, like he worked for all those guys. And, um, he, when it came time for me to graduate, he told me to move in with him and I moved in and he let me basically come to the shop and intern for RCH. And, uh, 
it kind of led into being Tickle's practice mechanic for the 2015 season. Okay. And he decided uh, he wanted to go back to school. And uh, 2016, I was Tickle's race mechanic. So it all happened pretty quick. But um, yeah, it was it was a dream come true for sure. Absolutely, and uh, a season that that showed uh, Brock getting getting some some top end rides. I believe even a podium in Supercross, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm sure you were uh, ecstatic about, and uh, a great season for him. That's how he landed his uh, his spot on. Uh, I would later on, would not this, that that year, but then the a couple of years later on, he'd land that spot at KTM. Uh, I got to think that you were a small yeah. part of that at the very least. Um, work, what was the most eye-opening experience, like, obviously, uh, as a fan, as an enthusiast, uh, we, we see these rigs, this fantastic, uh, world that we don't get to know that much, but then, of, of course, once you're in the industry, um, it just, it seems that, uh, kind of like the, you go behind the curtain and you see what, see what, see it for what it is, and all of the, the intricacies that exist within the motocross industry, what was the most eye-opening experience, uh, for you and, uh, was it all it's cracked up to be? Uh, eye opening. Um, man, it, it's hard to say. It's, it was all eye opening at first, you know, to like have a first job on a factory supported team was, was pretty insane. So I would say the first couple months there, I mean, everything, like I'd never been inside a rig or anything like that before. And at that point they had Ken rocks in and, um, to have like a top level guy and top level mechanics on that team and everything about it. I mean, it was, I was, I wouldn't say I was starstruck, but it was like everything I hoped it was going to be, you know? Um, and just with the way we tested and how we were developing the motorcycle and all that, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. I, I would say everything about it was, um, pretty insane. And then I guess, one of the biggest surprises was just how n- normal like everybody was, you know, from all the riders, like that now that I'm in it, it's just, we're all normal dudes that ended up being lucky enough to have this job where we get to work on dirt bikes all the time and be around it. And it's, uh, it's just been awesome. Really. There's, there's not a whole lot of negatives about it. No, sir. It's just, uh, they, they say if, if you can find something that you love and do it for work, you'll never work a day in your life. But of course, you as well as I know, uh, that there is some serious work to be done within the sport of motocross and uh, a mechanic, uh, although uh, I'm sure on, on weekends you hear plenty of fans uh, uh, like basically putting your job on a pedestal and thanking you for the great work that you do. It's a, a bit of a thankless job sometimes, given the fact that how many hours you guys put into those bikes, uh, especially behind the scenes when you're not seen um how much of that was something that you like kind of like you you knew rolling in or something that you kind of like kind of an eye-opening experience to see just see how much time is put into the prep of a race bike that uh, shortly thereafter is flung through the air uh by a guy like josh grant who uh, in the case of say uh um press day at phoenix uh, only two years into uh, or two weeks into your racing career with him, uh, he had that thing upside down, sideways and backwards, all of which smashing into the oh, ground yeah. and giving you quite a list of, of parts that needed to be replaced. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the suffering, uh, by the way. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's always like the bummer part. I, I mean, we spend like on average, I would say the typical 
race mechanic is working like a 70 hour week, I'd say is, is pretty standard. Um, and then, yeah, at that press day in Phoenix doing a, a quad in a rhythm lane and he OJs it a little bit and then whiskeys out of it and loops it out. And <laughs> basically the bike is cartwheeling down the side of the track. And, uh, I think the only thing I'd really saved on that was I, I reused the frame and the swing arm and pretty much everything else was trash. So Thursday night, uh, or was it a, I think it was Thursday. That was Friday press. It was a Thursday or Friday press. Yeah, so Friday press. So we got a race the next day. So it was a complete rebuild pretty much. Uh, so it's it's times like that when you spend um, 12 hours the day before he rides it in press to rebuilding it again after he rides it in press. So those are the times where you're like, man, I mean, I kind of wish you would have just kept it on too. <laughs> Yes, yeah, they were launching that quad, and uh, I was lucky enough to get that on video. Uh, a, a moment yeah, that yeah, probably you were the one that got it on video. Yeah, yeah. A, a moment probably a little less uh, uh, near and dear to your heart than it is to mine. But uh, either way, and like maybe like, <laughs> like stay on that particular weekend, uh, particularly you're working for 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 te- uh, for, uh, for Kawasaki, uh, a coveted position yep. as far as t- like uh, the the like the industry is considered there's tons of great mechanics that have rolled through there over the years of course there's jeremy albrecht of course there's dana wiggins uh and many others including your uh the 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 crew chief there uh mike williamson uh but on that weekend like like it was the third round of the series everyone's talking maybe it was the fourth round i think it might have uh i think maybe it was third third or fourth round yeah, I can. They're all the same now. They're all the same. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's getting to that to be uh, yeah. with me as well. So, and maybe that's a problem. But um, yeah. But uh, so everyone's talking like Eli hates his bike. Eli's upset, uh, and, and like he like everyone's like, oh, he's going to Husky next year. He'll be at Husky. Like it, it, like it, like I don't know. Like I'm sure you've heard a million rumors like that that are like couldn't be further oh, yeah. from the truth. Um, and of course, he goes out that weekend. <laughs> And just absolutely crushes everyone. Like, it wasn't funny. It was yep. like a hotshot kid showing up at a local super mini race and just like, see oh, ya yeah. later. Uh, what was yep. the mood around the truck after that? Like, wh- I, I got to know, like, the uh, you don't have to get into private conversations here, but, like, that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, the mood is always way better at the truck after the race when Eli wins. Um, I mean, he's, he's expected to win. That's kind of the attitude that we have towards him. Like, I mean, he's, he's obviously one of the top level guys and he's expected to win. Um, we did some, some testing that week out in, uh, out in Phoenix cause it was raining out here. And so, uh, Williamson and our suspension guy Cruz and, me and JG loaded up in uh, the test trailer and drove out there and, and did some testing and ended up pretty much coming up with a new setting that he was pumped on and he went and uh, crushed it. So uh, whenever you can do that, the mood's always, always great. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. And he went on to just start cranking them off. And uh, up until, I guess, whenever that i think it was in new jersey is when he had the little mishap uh when we had the red plate um i mean he was he was crushing it. he was winning every single weekend so when you when you're winning it, it's awesome um when you're not winning it's uh 
you're expected to work harder to make them win. That's kind of like our uh, mentality is get them to the front, make them happy. Yeah, seriously. And, and and those guys aren't happy when they have expectations and they're not met. And, and I think maybe Eli, uh, more than anybody, uh, he, he just he, he's he's deeply affected by that, and you can see it uh, within his his demeanor. And, and I think that's a good thing. That's a that's a the sign of guy who wants uh, wants to win. He has he doesn't want anything else. Um, but um, yeah. You as JG's mechanic, like say like a, a race like Atlanta, which I'm not sure. I think you might have been wrenching for Bowers by then. JG yep. was hurt uh, when like yep. uh, Eli's coming through the pack. Um, are you watching uh, Eli as much as you're watching anybody, or like or like a, your own rider? Like, what's the deal there? Like, just seeing him like literally come from like a million miles back to basically within half a bike length of Dungey and still come up short, which is a bummer. Uh, what was that night like, that night like for you? Uh, it all kind of depends on where where my rider's at. Obviously, my rider's my priority, but yeah, um, like if we're, I would say if we're like mid pack, you know, if we're like eight to twelve or whatever, and there's really no one around us. Um, Tyler looked at the pit board and actually uses a pit board. JG never really looked at the pit board at all. So um, <laughs> there's times like when it's a when it's a gnarly race. Uh, I'll catch myself just watching Eli most of the time. Like, uh, I think it was Salt Lake when Eli had that insane ride, uh, in 17 yeah. where he beat Dunge. That was like, I, I mean, the crowd was so into it and just being on the floor and being yeah. able to like be there. Like I just basically sat back and was just a spectator for that race. And JG, I think got even fourth that night. I think so he did. Yeah. For both yeah. of us, it was. Cowies were going good through the whips us, that it was, night. It was rad. The what? The Cowies were going good through the whoops that night. You guys had them pretty much oh, knocked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, when when it's on, uh, it's it's an unreal feeling when both guys get good results. It's it's pretty awesome. Heck yeah. So um, your years as a professional mechanic, it's it's been a, a quick whirlwind. Uh, what are your biggest takeaways from it? Uh, obviously, we're going to get into your kind of chains position a little bit in, the, in here, and I, by no means yeah. do I think that you won't ever spin some wrenches in the pros uh, ever again. But uh, what, what, what's your kind of like your your biggest? Uh, if someone like was like, what do you take away from your years uh, as a professional mechanic? What what would be your your biggest kind of like? Uh, yeah, what do you take away? Uh, I mean, the, the podiums. I mean, that, those are things I'll I'll never forget. Uh, my first podium was with uh tickle at muddy creek and uh he whole shot and and ran away and and then i think he he went three three that day or two three somewhere right around there i can't remember exactly what it was but um the podiums uh, like being up on the box is is so cool like you we put in so much time and and effort and and the riders put in so much time and effort and when it all pays off and uh to be up on the podium it's it's an unreal feeling and i'd never would have thought I would have been able to experience that, let alone even be a mechanic on a factory team. So um, everything that I've got to experience, all the cities I've got to go to, all the people I've met, places I've seen, I mean, there's there's so many rad things I I take away from it that I'll, I'll never forget and that I'm pretty stoked I had the opportunity to, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, just, just 
seeing you at the races, like I said, you make it look like a fun job to have, even though you're very serious on race day, you get your job done. Um, what does it mean to you when you see a bike that you've built, you've like checked every bolt on that thing, um, to, to go out there and just the way that a guy like Josh Grant or, uh, at times Tyler Bowers can just, uh, uncork that thing, make it do unspeakable things, uh, that you wouldn't, that, uh, you're, you're half like kind of like one, one eye closed while, while watching also, but just also enjoying watching those guys, uh, enjoy the, uh, uh, the, the masterful machine that you've created. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we spend so much time. I mean, we like, we literally like mess with every single component on the bike to make it as good as it can be. So it's, uh, you just spend so much time making everything completely perfect. Uh, and so like when you get a guy like JG, who's just got, I mean, I think he's got the sickest style in the game ever. I don't think anybody's, I mean, maybe, maybe Wyndham, I guess you could say has, has as good or better style but i don't even um, know just it's like, it, that's yeah <laughs> it's, it's tough but like either way i don't uh, think, I don't think I, like just to speak great. on that for half a second i don't think kevin ever had the like the angst and the attitude to go along with the style true true so i think <laughs> jg for that yeah. like he's like he's got that extra little x factor of that kind of like yeah like even when he maybe doesn't even mean it that way like when he throws a nasty whip it's kind of like there's like a middle finger like 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 hidden in there somewhere and you're like is that oh yeah me? no that, that's ex- that's exactly what it is dude and it's uh <laughs> i mean like he's he's like that all the time though i mean you yeah, go to the yeah. test track and uh He'll be like halfway through a, a 20 at the test track on a Tuesday or Thursday or whatever, and he's just uncorking it off the triple. And it's, I mean, it's it's sick that a guy he has so much passion for for dirt bikes. Yeah. Um, where it's cool, where he keeps it fun and light, and um, and it's just to be able to like watch him and be able to build a bike for him that he's able to just make it look effortless is is pretty rad. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and and I, I would speak candidly in saying that if I was going to make a two-stroke edit with one of the Kawasaki guys uh, that would genuinely enjoy that two-stroke edit and everything that goes along with it, it would have the 33 on it. That's just me saying that. But uh, we'll, we'll just leave that there and, and carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, so working with with uh, a guy like JG obviously that uh, that's a position that uh on, and honestly in the twilight of his career uh there's a, a select number of people that'll be able to say that they got to work with the guy and I think that's a huge uh feather in your cap especially just with the way the guy rides and the way he can dissect a motorcycle um and uh I, I like I said earlier I certainly expect at some point uh you're you're spinning wrenches in the pros again at some point but uh, tell us a little bit about this this uh, change for you uh, going into the 2019 season. I guess that cracks wide open for you uh, as early as uh, next week, um, sort of yep. a little bit. And of course, you've been working on that in the behind the scenes a little bit after uh, building a couple of bikes for both Joey Savacci and uh, and JG. But uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about this this change for you, what it means for your schedule, what it means for uh, new. Um, uh, roles that you're taking on and uh, you're not changing colors whatsoever, but uh, your year is going to look a little bit different in 2019. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's changing up uh, for the, 
better, I think, in my opinion, uh, for me right now anyways. Um, but yeah, the opportunity, um, to work on the amateur team for team green opened up, uh, towards the end of supercross, uh, this last season. And I told our team manager, Dan, that I was interested in doing it and, um, he thought I'd be a good fit. And so we kind of just went through the, the role of getting it all in motion and, uh, slowly was kind of working over, I was working over there while JG was hurt and, um, I built Hammaker's bike for uh, Mammoth, and uh, I built McGrath's bike, and we went up there and we raced Mammoth and did all that stuff. And no big deal. I was kind of bouncing back. Yeah, I know, right? I I built a bike for McGrath. Like that's that's another <laughs> highlight on the career. That yeah, super. Great. I like how but, you just uh, threw that out there as like, oh yeah, this guy named McGrath. I made him a bike. Like, come on, yeah. guys. It's it's pretty wild, and he's probably the coolest dude you could ever oh, yeah. like talk to. He's, he's so appreciative and oh yeah, just a genuine, awesome guy. So, um, that was really awesome. And then, uh, but yeah, so I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between the amateur program. I, uh, was able to go to Loretta's this year since JG was hurt, um, and did the whole Loretta's thing and got to do all that. And then once uh monster cup was over, cause uh, they kept Tyler on, he was doing some testing and stuff for us. So they kept him on for monster cup. And then after monster cup, I've been full time over on the team green side and uh, I'm a full time Cali employee, full benefits. And I have uh weekends off now and I have wow. 11 races total that I'm going to next year. And um, it, it's going to be sweet. I'm, I'm more, uh, of like, I don't know, I'm in charge of building all the race bikes for uh, everybody that's going to be on 250. So this year we got um, Styles Robertson and Seth Hamaker. Styles is B-class, Seth is A-class. Um, and then I'll be building all their motors, and I'm just kind of in charge of uh, all the technical side of it, um, any development and stuff. I'm, I'm working on working closer with Pro Circuit and, and getting the bikes uh, kind of closer to their specs, since that's where hopefully these kids are going to go. Um, right. That's the goal anyways, is to groom them up and put them on PC, and then hopefully one day they'll ride uh, on the factory team. But as far as my day-to-day -day routine, um, I go to the same shop. I just am a, the next door down from the race team, and um, not much on that side has changed. I'm still building dirt bikes. It's uh, I'm just working on 250s now that I don't have all the tie and all that one-off piece stuff that um, the race team has. But it's uh, you still make a stock bike pretty sick when you uh, get down to the nitty-gritty of it and and just kind of tinker on everything. We're gonna do whatever we want, and if you're cool with it, you're cool with it. If you're not, and we're still gonna do the thing. Just let go. Put our middle fingers up with a smile and let it roll. It's not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. I grew up in Newhall. That was 805. I got into this can. I said, that is a badass fucking can. The beer's even better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun, and kill it. Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. 
the average guy can go out there throw down. I did it my way and it's all that matters. It's not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her and I've got a broken leg from dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner. That mentality of the 60s, 70s, that's what we try to do is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realizing, let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted and you're just an ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This fast house crew is gonna break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Since 1973, FMF has been about getting more out of riding motorcycles. More power, more wins, more fun. For 39 years, we've been rolling up our sleeves, building our factory, engineering and manufacturing the world's finest performance exhausts. Innovation and American craftsmanship makes FMF today's leader in performance. Fair enough. And, uh, and at some point, maybe uh, you're walking through the shop and, oh, look, uh, a factory brake reservoir ended up in my pocket. I'm walking over to Seth Hamaker's bike. No, that's, uh, that, that might happen. Probably not, but even still. Um, <laughs> probably, super, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Thing wouldn't fit, maybe. I don't know. But either way, um, one of my favorite thing about amateur racing, and maybe you can completely disagree with me on this one, and maybe you don't have a ton of involvement with it, but super minis. Super minis, to me, are absolute rocket ships. They look cool. I'm a two-stroke guy, and um, they're just like... They're, they're just so maxed out. I love a bike... That literally, like, we can't throw anything else at this thing. It's as light as it can be. It's as fast as it can be. It's like when you hear the Super Minis at the, at the stadium on uh, the, the Amateur Supercross Day, like, they just look, they sound so mean. Like, you almost can see the, the engine, like, twitching inside the frame because they're just so maxed out. Um, what's it like working on those things, and how close to the edge are those things running? Uh, I mean, I haven't had an opportunity yet to really like get down into to, uh, our super minis, but um, I mean, power to weight, like they're they're faster than a 125, and uh, the kids that are on them are usually like a hundred pounds. So, <laughs> uh, so really, I mean, those kids on the super minis, like they can uncork anything that a big bike can, just because they're they are so gnarly and. Uh, 
I mean, it is. I think it is one of the coolest classes to watch just because uh, they're the kids are right at that age where they're they're kind of hitting growth spurts and they're they're getting bigger and they're getting stronger and um, like that's where you like actually start seeing kids style and all that stuff and so um, I think I think the super mini class is one of the funnest ones to watch on a amateur race weekend for sure. Oh yeah, I just like uh, the the sound. And yeah, like the kids are just right there at that cusp of like they totally get it. Their 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 skills are on par with most of the kids that you see at the, in in the B's and the A classes even sometimes. And uh, um, just, just to see a small bike flying through the air like that, unbelievable to see. Um, so uh, you, you'd mentioned uh, rolling out that next weekend for mini O's. What is your kind of your role and responsibilities? Uh, with the team and, and all that fun stuff, and, and how closely would you be working with? Uh, is it Doug Duchette? Uh, yeah, Doug Duchette is. Um, I guess he'd be our East Coast um, like trackside support guy. Okay. Uh, so we used to, we did have three regions that uh, we were running for Team Green trackside support. Um, we just recently did away with. Um, the midwest region and so now we just have a west and an east uh and so um the west coast guy is uh jeff decker and he's he goes i mean anything from like big six races to like uh uh the trans world mini major he was at last weekend so uh he's got a wide range of races that he goes to and then doug same thing on the east coast like he's going to the gnccs and he goes to um, like those moto playground races and and stuff like that. So uh, if you're on a Cali and you're at a race and you need technical support or anything, uh, those guys are more than happy to help help you out. So um, that's their side of it. My side of it, I'm just directly dealing with our hired riders. Uh, and I would, I don't know. I guess you could say it's kind of a crew chief role or. Um, some of the kids have mechanics that they bring with them to the races, but I'm mm-hmm. building all the race bikes and then the kids will have their mechanics work on them during the, the race week, but I'll oversee everything and oversee changes that we need to make and, and all that stuff. But I won't be doing much customer support. Um, I'll jump in there when need be. Uh, but mostly I'm just focused on um, our race team guys. Fair enough. Well, uh, looks like uh, you're almost like a, uh, a Williamson Jr. I'm sure you'll be uh, bouncing some ideas off of that guy. He's been around for quite some time, and they've got some championships for yeah. his credit. Maybe a perfect season here and there. But um, uh, last kind of qu- couple questions for you before I let you go, my friend. Uh, what's it like working with a guy like Mike? Uh, he's funny. He is uh, honest. Uh, he's just he's, like, brutally honest, and uh, he's a guy who's been around the best in the sport. Your your uh, GLs. Uh, he's worked for Ryan Villapoto. He worked for uh, uh, James Stewart. Tons of different riders. He worked for Burner, who probably ran him up the wall because those weren't great years for Burner. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Burner Ferry, I think he had Ferry. Yeah, for a little Ferry while. for a short bit. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I remember hearing getting some quotes from him when he's working for uh, Burner on that. Uh, 2004, 2005, uh, 252 stroke, which was, uh, I own one and I know how well it handles. So yeah. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, uh, what's it like working with Mike? Uh, it's, 
I mean, on the race team, he wasn't directly – the way they had it set up is where we had two different crew chiefs, uh, whereas he was more of Eli's crew chief and then I had Theo Lockwood. But, I mean, I still got to uh, work with him quite a bit. And the guy's been around forever. He's, he's seen – he's seen everything that you can possibly see. So, uh, he knows, he knows how to be prepared for the worst. And I think that's the, the biggest thing is that you can take away from him is that, uh, he's seen a lot of failures and, um, not his own, but like other people's failures. And like, he, he just knows how to be the most prepared you can be come Saturday. And, uh, he's, he's knowledgeable on that. And, um, when it comes time to getting things done, like he's not afraid to tell people like that it needs to get done. So, uh, he's a go getter for sure. And, um, he's a guy that's got a lot of knowledge and, uh, you just take, take what you can from guys like that, you know, uh, anywhere from, I worked with Oscar Weirdman at RCH and Kelly Lemgar and, uh, all those guys that have just been around a long time they've seen so much and have just so much knowledge that you just kind of try to soak up everything that you can from it. There you go. Well, you beat your best impression of a sponge and, uh, and you've definitely learned a lot of great things over the years. Um, what, uh, what, 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 like, where would you like to take your current position? Like, um, obviously it's a great, a great change for you. You don't want to like immediately get something and immediately be looking forward to the future. But, uh, like, do you have some long-term goals with, with Kawasaki? Do you eventually want to just own the company? Do you want to just be like the North American, uh, <laughs> grand king of all things, uh, green motorcycles or, or what's, what's the end game here? Uh, I mean the, the amateur program, um, I'm pretty stoked on it because, uh, I can make a, I got, some like range to make some changes that I want to make. And, um, I just want to make it to where it's ran really smooth and that I can do a lot of quick, small changes that'll make a big impact. So I'm going to do the, the amateur scene for a while and, uh, kind of see where it goes. And, um, if I end up back on a pro team somewhere later on down the road, I'll do that. But, uh, the end game, I guess, when I'm kind of over the whole dirt bike scene and all that, I, I plan on moving back home to Northern California and, um, getting away from the whole city life and, um, all that and running a ranch and just kind of living a life kind of away from it all, you know? Fair enough. Well, that is, uh, a, a big switch for you. That's maybe a few years off in the distance, but that'll be, uh, I, I, I look forward to, uh, to seeing, uh, you're ranching up in uh, NorCal, my friend. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so, like, are you one of the only mechanics that actually looks forward to going to uh, a place like Oakland? Uh, I, I mean, Oakland. That's I mean, it's probably the worst stadium we go to all year, besides <laughs> Vegas, maybe. Um, yeah. But that's I, that's where I always went. Like when I was growing up, you know, I right. always went to Oakland Supercross and. Um, it is cool when I go there because I usually have a lot of family and friends that go there too and watch the race and hang out. So I get to see family and, and all that. So Oakland Supercross and Hangtown are usually, and Washougal, I guess, are, uh, kind of my, my races that I look forward to going to, even though Oakland isn't the, the nicest of the facilities that we go to on the circuit. 
No, it, it definitely needs a little bit of a uh, an overhaul, uh, and I don't think it's going to get one because uh, they're losing their football team, and uh, I don't think their um, baseball team's not going anywhere anytime soon. But I, I think it'll be a few years yeah. before they uh, have some budget for a new uh, new stadium. But um, but yeah, like so. Um, last question for you before I go: uh, What was the yep. um, the your the funnest the funnest project that you had got to work on as uh, as a professional mechanic, whether it be uh, building um, like having any like what was your favorite project that you uh, worked on as a factory Kawasaki mechanic, and what was the uh, the least your least favorite part about uh, uh, about being a professional mechanic? And you can't say travel. Uh, yeah, no, that's probably what I was going to say. I know. That's, um, everyone says right, it. So, uh, favorite, favorite part, um, favorite project, I guess. My favorite project, I always get stoked for, like, the A1 build. I mean, when you ever, whenever you have a fresh bike, it's always awesome. Um, but I would say building that bike from a grass and going up to mammoth that's uh that's something pretty gnarly i mean he's he is the king for a reason and uh to be able to build him a full-on factory bike was was pretty rad uh least favorite thing man uh would eli lose his favorite thing no it's <laughs> not that's not too bad <laughs> I got a bag on Tyler Bowers because that dude, he loves to test and he'll test until the sun goes down. And, uh, man, there was times like where he would test on a Thursday. I already flew out to go build the bike. And then, so I would get a call like Thursday afternoon as I'm like halfway through my build that he's got a spec change. And then, so Friday go set up the semi and everything. And, usually suspension will show up or whatever I got to change. And then, so rebuilding the bike again on Friday. So, uh, least favorite part was, uh, doing double builds for Tyler Bowers. Um, I hope he hears this because <laughs> I love throwing him under the bus, but <laughs> there you go. fair enough. Well, I'm sure yeah. he, he will hear this. He, I, I think he's actually, he's, he's a, not a loyal listener, but I, I'll definitely send him a link to it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, guys who, who make things a little bit extra, uh, like it's, it's a hard job as is. Anyone who adds to that is just adding fuel to the fire. But uh, um, Travis, this has been a huge pleasure of mine to have you on the show. Uh, I hope that you, I still will see you around uh, at some of the opening rounds of Supercross. Maybe if you're still down in the, in the SoCal area, uh, maybe you'll, you'll go yep. to lend a hand, helping hand to Cowie or just be a, a fly on the wall or something along those lines. But uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show man you're you're uh you're a great guest and um uh, a great mechanic you're, you're a guy who, like i said takes his job very seriously but also makes it look like a cool job to have uh thanks for having me on it's uh definitely a pretty rad job it's a dream come true for sure awesome and hopefully with your a few off weekends that you have now you can uh bust out the is it the 664 uh on uh, on maybe a uh a kx 250f at some point uh, yeah, I'm actually, I went last weekend and I'm um, yeah. going again this weekend. So, uh, there we're getting go. the back in the saddle Ooh. and, uh, Ooh. hopefully, hopefully, uh, the goal is to be at Hangtown on a 125 if they keep doing those dream races. So, yeah, buddy. um, 
you might see me mid to mid to back of the pack at the 125 race at Hangtown. Heck yeah, <laughs> well, you know a guy with a with an 04 KX125. If I have to donate, I'm more than willing to, as long as you leave the parts that you put on it on when I leave. <laughs> we might have to work a deal out. All right. Cool, man. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. All right. Perfect. That's good radio, my friend. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, that was awesome. For sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, One thing, uh, there's one thing I was going to ask you. Well, like, first of all, I I could probably, we could, like, we need to, like, go, like, when I go to California this in January, like, we need to, like, go for dinner and just have, like, Kawasaki top secret story time of all the things that like, cause I'm a Cowie guy. Like I grew up green oh, machines yeah. and I need to like, yeah. know like every, every time that like, um, Mike Williamson wanted to strangle burner for like just being seventh best all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, dude, some of the, some of the stories that I've heard are, are so gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like there's, I mean, those guys like Big B and and uh, Williamson and them like they've been in the game for twenty years. I mean, I think big yeah, I think Big B's been driving since like ninety eight or ninety seven, like somewhere around there. Maybe even before uh, that, because I remember Big B was the driver for the um, the Chaparral, like the the team that yeah. McGrath started on his own. And he was like not yeah. like a like a manager of that because obviously that was Larry uh, Larry Brooks, but like he was like part of that whole like putting it together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. was big time. So I mean, just you name it. I mean, yeah. those guys have seen they have, and the stories from back then like make me wish that the industry was still like it because it it was just a huge party back then. Like the guys had so much fun and. um it's just totally different from uh, what it is today, and to hear like what they have to say, it's it's pretty rad. And some of the stories I've heard, and just things that they've done, I'm like, holy smoke! If you did it today, you know, like you'd be like, there's no, you'd either be fired or in jail or <laughs> <laughs> both. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so, so cool. It's cool. There's a there's a lot of stories that that get passed around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was, I, I was gonna mention it, but I didn't. Uh, like JG's got like such a funny sense of humor, and like I was like, when I posted that video of him dying at Phoenix, and then he's like, like, like I get to the truck, and I'm like all smiles, like, hey, how's it going? He's like, dude, you fucking posted that. I'm like, oh shit, uh, yeah. He's like, oh, it's funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought you were. He pissed. was. He was like. After the fact, I mean, he rung his bell solid, but yeah. it's like he goes back and watches it, and he's just like, "Dude, he's like, I smashed my head so hard." Yeah, uh, no, he, he yeah, went down I mean, hard. I was like, "Ah, you, oh, that was yeah. doozy." That was dirty. Yeah, and yeah, like you yeah. basically just change everything, but swap it out. Yeah, that's your deal. But uh, cool, man. I got to get to the gym, but uh, glad we were finally able to connect right. on this. Basically, uh, yeah, pulled the trigger, and I think yeah, this will be right. a good one. Like, uh, I'd love to have you right. on just to, like, kind of, like, just talk some dirt bikes sometime. I think you're, you're, you're a guy who, like, kind of explains himself really well. You've got a good delivery. Uh, we should do this again. Yeah, no, whenever, 
I mean, my schedule is pretty wide open now. Mm-hmm. Compared to where it was. So, uh, yeah. So whenever you want to want to chat or do anything, yeah. I'm I'm game. Fair enough. What uh, what happened with uh, Lance Kobush? Just not enough space under the rig for all the kids, or like, well, I was surprised to see uh, him go to leave and, and to go to Suzuki of all places. Yeah, um, we lost both Kobush and Swar- and uh, Dylan Schwartz uh, okay, yeah. to that Suzuki team. Um, yeah. honestly, like. Lance just kind of lost his fire. Like, he didn't really have that drive that he had when he was on super minis, you know? Yeah. Like, when when those kids, when they get on big bikes, like, you're basically pro at that point. Yeah. And uh, and you got to put in the work and you got to train. And if you want to be at that top level, like, these kids are, are grinding now at such a young age. And uh, I think he was just kind of burnt out on it, really. Like, you could kind of see it at, at Loretta's. And... Um, I don't know. I don't have anything to do with the the contracts or whatever, but I know he was he was let go. He wasn't offered another contract. And then uh, Schwartz was uh, Schwartz was offered a contract, um, kind of the same deal, where it's basically just uh, he would get a certain number of bikes a year and uh, a certain parts allowance, and then but he would have to get his own motors and suspension done at. Uh, pro circuit or wherever he wanted basically right and uh he just kind of wanted more like in-house treatment so he ended up going to suzuki which i mean they can do whatever they want to do but at the end of the day suzuki's like they got no money yeah i mean if, if it wasn't for jgr flipping the bill like there would not be a factory team in the united states right now no there wouldn't be no that's so uh I mean, whatever makes him happy. Like the the kid in the family was super rad, so it's kind of a bummer to see him go. But uh, right. that's unfortunately the way the business is, and um, I hope he does good. I know their their bike's pretty solid for what it is. I mean, that bike isn't a good bike out of the crate. Um, it's old. It's like a 2009, I think, is when they really did the last. Well, I guess now they got the new bike, but the engine's still the old. Yeah, engine. it's not that much different. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I, I, in my personal opinion, I don't think it was uh, a good move. Mm. Um, but you, they have the opportunity to do whatever they want. So yeah, well, uh, totally. Chose. Yeah, like it's it's your prerogative. Uh, you, you get to be maybe yeah. like the the big dog under the tent, uh, rather than maybe just another guy. But I feel like, um, support is support. I don't think you can really um. That you're not comparing yeah. apples to apples when it comes to that, and like if you just want to feel like you're special rather than just how they were feeling with Cowie, like that that's sort of a uh, little bit foolish. But uh, yeah, especially if you can't get yeah. like a if you can't get on like a factory like like a star racing Yamaha or a Amsoil Honda, um, like basically there's a, it's a three player team. Well, I guess like the, as well as the KTM, uh, like Husky yeah. doesn't really have a program, does do they? Or I guess they. They sort of do, but it's uh, yeah, like they, they through do. It's, it's pretty small. Yeah. Um, yeah, they usually do like one or two guys. Um, yeah. They don't really do a super mini deal. No. Um, I mean, basically, like, FC has got a pretty, I mean, back, it's not as gnarly as it was, but I know like Hampshire's bike, when Hampshire was racing open pro sport, his, he was on a full-blown race bike. 
Yeah. Like that thing, that thing was, it wasn't even fair. I mean, it is what it is. Like granted they put in the effort and they, they made it happen and that's not an easy task, but he was on a full blown race back. And so the, the games kind of changed where these kids now are on our, I mean, Seth Hamaker, he's on not like a, a race team spec from PC, but dude, his, his bike is gnarly. Yeah. And, uh, it's, the game's changing to where, I mean, you got to, to be competitive with these other teams, they're just pushing it. And, uh, so now like these bikes are just getting closer and closer to what they'd be racing as soon as they turn pro, which is kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing. Um, cause there's a lot of kids out there that can't afford to do that. So you show up, you qualify for Loretta's and say, you're not one of those guys that's on a, support team and you you're on you're four horsepower five horsepower less on a 250 just yeah straight out of the get-go <laughs> so oh yeah that makes and, it tough. and and just uh and the confidence that comes along with it like you as well as i know this this sport is a mental game uh probably more than oh, it is anything that's 80 percent of it i would say yeah like it's it's 80 20 for sure like it like i'm, I'm not even joking yeah. like that's where it is and yeah, just to be able to, like, for these sure. kids that are like, I'm the baddest dude here on the baddest bike, and I'm going to win. And the other kids are like, I'm not the baddest dude here, and that guy's bike's better. Like, that's that's enough of a yeah. mind fuck for, like, ten positions. Oh, dude, like, just, I mean, just pushing the bike to the line, like, you've already beat half the field. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, honestly, yeah, I feel like, like that's how a lot of the yeah. Yamaha guys on 250Fs feel. Like they're like this thing is the fucking oh, baddest dude. This thing is the baddest bike. No one can beat this thing. I'm about to go rip a holy, and look what they do. It's yeah, that bike's that bike is gnarly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, hmm. it's. I mean, that's how it is though. Like when yeah. you do have that confidence and you do have a good bike under you and you're confident in it, like you're you're gonna win. Yeah, no, that, that motocross confidence thing. So. uh but uh, hopefully you can uh, put some some time on two wheels, get that confidence up, and uh, when I attend Hangtown uh, at uh, in two thousand ne- next summer, that uh, you'll let me uh, do yeah. the. Uh, I'll, I'll go like fanny pack, backpack, T handles. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking like some some pit viper sunglasses, a flat brim. Oh, we'll do it. Uh, Kawasaki, like old school Kawasaki. Sh- like I'm gonna try and get like an old school shirt. Okay hat and just go the like purple one. bring out the purple yes oh the, it's happening yeah the old school the white and purple dude That'd be sick dude this like <laughs> the ideas I'm are in. turning in my head let's do this oh yeah i i'm in like uh you know uh justin over at moto whips yeah 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 um he just picked up a, a, a thing's almost brand new a brand new 04 125 ah, crazy and so I'm debating if I want to do that thing up or if I'm kind of on the fence. I'm like, do I do up uh 04 and like just make it, I want to make it like, I don't want to do the conversion kit to where it looks like a new bike. I want it to look like an 04. No. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, my personally, I have a pet peeve when I see a new front end on an old bike. Yeah, no, I, I don't. It, it, it hurts and that's my like feeling. I, I realize that. that for like modern, uh, I think it's tri- like modern triple clamps just don't accommodate the old 
triple cut no. or the old number plate that uh, the the bolt is in the middle and the goes in. Both different, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would just yeah. find a way to mount it different. I'd be like, "Fuck you! I'm putting the old front number well, plate on it." That's uh, Tyler's uh, KX. He was um, he put new extra uh, triple clamps on it. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that the old fender still fits on it nice and so i'm like dude like if we're running the old fender we're running the old number plate like we'll make brackets yeah and luckily he has, he has a um a kid that he's buddies with is uh an engineer and works for i think it's cp okay i think so and then so like he designed all these brackets and stuff and so he was able to put the front fender and front number plate on and i was like dude it looks so much better than putting a new front end on the thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it wouldn't even be hard. It would just be sort of like a sort of L bracket thing where, like, it, like the X trig yeah. would be on top. So you just put, like, just like an yep. L-shaped and then with some, th- some threads going in. And then, yeah, it's like, I'm not an engineer. Yeah, I, can ima- uh, I can imagine how that comes together. Yeah. So it was cool, it was cool though. But, yeah. So either I'll do that 125 or I'd... If I'm going to buy a bike, I'll probably just get a Yamaha just because I can get a brand new bike and they're still making lots of parts for it and all that stuff. So Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I like it. Uh, cool, man. Well, like yeah. I said, i got to rip to the gym. I'm going to have this out for tomorrow yep. morning for everyone to enjoy. But, okay. uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this again sometime. We'll keep in touch and uh, keep doing what you're doing, yep. man, because what you do is good. Sweet. That sounds good, bud. Good talking to you. All right. Take care, Travis. All right, we'll see ya. Bye.